Welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast. My name is Winter, I'm a comedian, and this is my show. Those of you that are new to the show, welcome. Those of you that are old to the show, welcome back, guys. I'm recording these links in January, the end of January, just before the January podcast gets released, because I want to get all of these things done before you know February kicks off, because I'm training for the show recording of Squeaky, which is happening on the 28th of February in the Museum of Comedy at 7 p.m. Tickets are still available. Uh, you can go to the Squeaky page, which is on Facebook, and the booking link is on that advert there, Squeaky. It's a clean show of about an hour. Might do some new bits at the end as well, just have a bit of fun. I managed to get an impromptu preview of the show last night because the headliner did not turn up. So they said, can you do a bit more time? I said, oh, perfect. So I did my show. And it was great. It went great. People came up to me and really enjoyed the show. It's nice to see where the bits need shaping up a little bit more, a bit more energy going in here or there. But the bones of the show is there. I can't wait to do this show in February because that's what the last eight years have been working up to. Got to keep chipping away at that mountain. So you can find that link for the tickets on Facebook under the Facebook page, Squeaky is an advert there. Just Or just go to my page and you'll be able to find the advert for the show Squeaky. Again, 28th of February, 7 p.m. in the Museum of Comedy. All of the details for that, the address and all that are on that page as well. Now, this is a wonderful episode with a good friend of mine, Steve Gribben. I've gigged with Steve many times before, up, down, left, right of the country. We've gigged all over the place. Steve is an absolutely lovely fella. He was voted Comedian's Comedian by the, his peers in the last couple of years, and he's an absolutely lovely fella. He's been on the circuit for over 30 years, we, and we had a lovely chat for about an hour, which you'll hear in a couple of minutes. So yeah, you can follow this podcast. We're on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, type in The Comedy Defect. You can like the page, or you can follow us on the Comedy Defect Facebook group. If you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at Winter Dominus. If you want to come see my live stand-up, apart from my show on the 28th of February, you can find those dates on my website, which is winterdominus.co.uk. Uh, so what else have we going on? Well, I've been gigging. I've been having fun. Uh, I've been gigging some more. I've been writing some great jokes. I actually have interviewed a person that I've been trying to get on this podcast for an awfully long time. He is an absolute juggernaut in comedy. He is excellent. When you're on a bill with him, you learn so much. And I managed to get him in a room and record a podcast for over an hour. And the tips he gave me after that podcast have stood me in good stead for all of my writing. It just, it just you know, sometimes things just click into place. And there was a couple of things that just weren't clicking for me and he just went, look, this and that, and that was it. It was done. It was in. It's like seeing through the matrix is what it's like. I, I downloaded all of my Twitter feed and tried to pick through all the jokes and rewrite some of the things that I'd put up on Twitter in the last maybe seven years. And so that's when I deleted the account. I was like, look, I'm just going to go through all the stuff I've written on Twitter and then I'm going to rewrite it and put it into something if I can. And I've gotten through all that, done all that, did seven of those a day, got through everything in the last eight years. So... Oh, you'll be seeing them in a new form, coming to a stage near you. But this guy who I had on, on the on the show, he was excellent. And so I've been applying all those tips and techniques that he gave me to all of my stand-up and all of my writing. And it's really is, it's night and day. I'm really looking forward to trying some more of this stuff out. If you listen to that, it's going to be available in the next few months. So if you hang on, I'll tell you when it's coming. Um, but uh, he's such an amazing comedian. I, I just really think he's one of the best comedians I've seen in the last few years. And I'm just so privileged to have him on the show for us to uh, 
pick his brain. So this is a great episode, no, episode 70, with a very funny Steve Gribbin. Enjoy. Steve, welcome to the Comedy Defect. Uh, thank you for having me in your house. And, That's right. Uh, and nice to meet your dog, Pablo. Yes. Pablo, Pablo, not Paolo. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so how are you, man? Are you all right? I'm great, yeah, 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 not too bad. And what have you been doing recently? I've been um, writing a um, play with uh, my friend and fellow comedian Paul Ricketts, which you are taking up to Edinburgh, not this year, but next year, mm. um, called The Name of the Game, which is about the history of Monopoly. It concerns the true story of Elizabeth McGee, whose original idea for the game, um, the landlord's game that she invented, was stolen from her and oh. made into Monopoly. So, right, okay. Yeah, I've, been, I've been really busy with that. A couple of days ago, I, did, I performed at um, Jeremy Hardy's memorial yes. as well, yeah. which was very sad. But um, Katie, his widow, asked me to perform a special mm. song there, so I did. Turn into a massive pistol, which is good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> what you would have wanted. Yeah, you take it, you take it up next year, and uh, about Monopoly, and uh, it's no uh, tips or, or, or sort of like basically all you need is Mayfair, isn't it, at Park Lane, and you're going to kill it. And when he tips out to play Monopoly, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's not actually anti-Monopoly as such, but um, it's quite sarcastic about Monopoly. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think we're going to get um, subsidised by Hasbro. Right. Damn it. <laughs> that game is it costs so many arguments, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's um, there's a joke in it. Which it's quite surreal. They said they're all uh, characters are, are dead at one point, and she says. Well, at least we've got time to finish a game of Monopoly. <laughs> we've got eternity. It's ironic, of course, given what's going on in Edinburgh this year, isn't it? With the property prices. Yeah, is that, that going to make a difference, really? You know, the difference between one and a half grand and seven grand is... No, that's you know. very true. But like, but, but, but the people who own those properties, mm. isn't it their right to charge what they want? I'm not saying that's it's, it's not right. Yeah, but I just their... think it's obscene, though. Some people are making money out of Edinburgh, but it's not the act. Never. It's, the act. it's never the act, no, is it's it? Like, you know, and everyone else pays it for now, I guess. But, um, people can go up and they end up being broke for the next 12 months, yeah. trying to pay off the last show that they've done. It's, uh, yeah, if not more, like if they've got a paid room, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. So true. back to uh, Monopoly, right? Uh, years, yeah. years ago, I remember the last Monopoly game I had with my old man was. Uh, I remember him uh, losing horribly. Uh, my mother had like hotels everywhere, and then in the end, he grabbed the Monopoly board with all the money and threw it up in the air at Christmas, of course, and he said, "You're like fucking Rackman." He said, like you know the the, the landlord from years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man!" So we didn't play it again for a long time. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it causes lots of arguments, Monopoly, doesn't it? Yeah, that's that's very it. funny because that does happen in the play. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I can cut this out if you want. No, 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 it's great. And also, uh, many years ago, um, my my wife's brother stayed here, and he's uh, he's always cheated at games, and uh, we were all pissed at Christmas, and uh, we were all drinking red wine. My kids, who were very young at the time, said, oh, Uncle Gary, you know, and then he was in charge, his name's Gary, he was in charge, he was the banker, and they said, you know, Dad, Dad, Uncle Gary's cheating, I said, well, why is that, because all the banknotes were stained yeah. with red wine, oh. so it was like, <laughs> he was completely caught red-handed money laundering, you know? Totally, that's great, that's great, thought before the carries, so you were a part of a double act. I was, I started off, I really date my um, comedy career from sort of 84, when I went fully professional but I was doing it for two years before that and I was in a double act a musical double act called Skint Video yeah we did we did quite a bit of telly we were on the radio and stuff um, I did that with one partner called John Ivans who then left and then he rose to be head of the Maudsley um, Mental Institution 
Yeah, he was he was um, head of clinical psychology wow. there. He's not there anymore. I don't know where he is actually. But okay. no, I, I, obviously he's still alive. But yeah. and then that was taken over by another guy called Brian, and then we carried on until '94. So I was in that for like twelve years. So I've been solo since '94. Which is funny enough, I'm I'm doing a gig on the the 17th of June, which I've organised myself to celebrate 25 years as a solo comic, and um, all the money's going towards Alzheimer's. I've got you know, well, Omid Jalili, Ben Norris, Ian Stone, Eleanor Tiernan. Uh-huh. Oh God, I'm cracking right Yeah, it's, 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 there's 12 people doing it, and yeah, it should when, be. When is that then? Sorry, it's Monday the 17th what? of June. Where? At the Comedy Store. I can't hold nice. Yeah. As part of their 40, 40th anniversary celebrations, and um, also doing the the big one next Monday, I've been asked to do the, great. which is a great honour because mm. that's that's amongst people like John Bishop, wow. Michael McIntyre, Omid again. Yeah. Um, wow, it's just like a cast of thousands. Alexi Sales on. Oh, brilliant! And you you were nominated this year for uh, was it for the is the comedians comedian is it? Yeah, no, that was last year. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was nice because that's voted for by a jury of your peers, isn't yeah, it? So, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a very nice thing to happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Next thing, you know, I want a million quid. <laughs> yes. Come on! Yeah. <laughs> when you became a double actor, did you think, okay, right, I just want to do comedy, or were you like, acting before that as well? Or? Yeah, I mean, basically, I came down from Liverpool to go to college, and then I went back, couldn't get a job, came back. Then I kind of was doing acting a little bit on the side, and the thing is, what happened was, I wanted an equity card because in those days you had to have an equity card to work. So you had to have 10 signed and witnessed contracts from reputable venues. So we formed the double act, both of us, at the beginning to do that. And then I just thought, fuck this, I I actually like this better. Mm -hmm. I mean, because one thing that I have done some acting since, but my theatre company was run by a very sort of fierce woman who was, her bottom line was money, that's all she was concerned about. And I didn't like being told what to do. That's the thing about comedy. No one's telling you what to do. You can have an idea at four o'clock and then just turn up at nine o'clock and do it. No one's going to stop you. And if it's shit, it's your fault. And if it's great, it's your fault. And that, that was the beauty of it. So that kind of, the bug really bit me. And I just binned off the acting. I, I mean, I kind of was in a theatre company called um, Age Exchange Theatre Company. And we would interview, I found it fascinating the work. We interviewed old people and then we'd collate their um, experiences into a play. Crazy. You know, it's like called verbatim theatre, actually. Yeah. And, you know, once you're dead, all, all the racism out. That's brilliant, though. That's really fun because you're bringing their lives to life, you know, back. back it's a, and they, they went to watch it as well, did they? Or, yeah, yeah, we used to do, we used to perform in old people's homes. And, um, but the thing was, I, I loved the work, but yeah. I just couldn't stand all the other stuff around it. Yeah. With acting as well, I mean, I, this is still goes on today. They, they expect you to. You know, if you haven't got a scene right and everyone wants to go home, they say, well, let's just stay for an extra three hours. You know, nobody gets paid. So, And I was the equity rep at the time and I used to have these massive rows with the woman saying, look, you can't do this. This is actually out of order. You need to pay us for this. And then she'd go, oh, but surely an appeal over my head to the other actors. And uh, yeah, they'd all cave in, you know. Desperate for work, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and also, but they wanted to get the piece right as well. Yeah. She was playing on their good nature and their desire to do good work, nice. but it was she was taking the piss really. Yeah. When you did your first gig with the with the double act, mm. what was where was that? 
At Liverpool somewhere. Right? No, I'll tell you where it was. And it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it was at the Woolwich Tram Shed, which is now Sainsbury's in Woolwich. Um, and it was a thing called Utopian Cosmic Space Lines Cabaret. And the person comparing it was a woman called Vivian Soane, who's very, very weird, very funny, but weird, who later married uh, Martin Soane, who used to be in The Greatest Show on Legs. Did you remember that with the no. balloon dance guys? Oh, um, maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Malcolm Hardy used <laughs> to run uh, the Tunnel Club and Up the Creek. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what it was, May the 27th, 1982. Yeah. She was dressed in full Archbishop regalia, right, playing a saxophone and on roller skates. Wow. God, that's, that's multi-talented, hey? <laughs> but she couldn't roller skate. So, and the stage was um, slightly tilted like those old-fashioned stages. Yeah. So she front. kept going, yeah, to the front. So she kept going in, trying to get to the microphone, going, <laughs> and eventually she just like yeah. grabbed hold of the microphone. She was on, we were on, there was a poet, and this is how long ago it was it was right in the middle of the Falklands War we did alright actually I think it went, I mean I can't really remember much about it except I loved it mm. but the guy, there was a guy on with us a Scottish guy called Oscar McLennan who did his whole act totally naked and never referred to it once That's great. just stripped off when he first came on did said hello stripped off then just sat you know talked but didn't make reference to it that's brilliant <laughs> just just carried on like did he, I mean, did he get laughs did he, get, he must have got laughs he was he was very very good right uh, very charismatic performer mm. his huge staring eyes you know people try to focus on the eyes don't look don't look anywhere else I mean he he was one of the I mean that's the thing about the comedy circuits first of all it was called alternative cabaret it wasn't even called comedy and there were just loads of wild people just weird the ice man whose act was just to sit there while a block of ice melted. That was his act. How a long guy, did that take? It wasn't a very big block of ice, oh, so that's 20 minutes. That's all right. But that was his act. Well, that's easy, isn't it? Huh? Did, he, did he put any facial expressions or anything? Just no, just his, sat there. Just looking at his watch going, yeah. oh, that's brilliant. Though. What an easy... He got, he got paid for that, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. The that's ice amazing. Man. Uh, there was loads of different people. Like uh, There's a guy called the Teddy Bear Torturer. He used to have a selection of teddy bears and he used right. to just put them through hell. Like he used to tie one to a wheel and do like, you know, the, the wheel that and just throw knives in it. Yeah. <laughs> he was great, actually. Yeah. There was a guy called Steve Edgar who used to come on with a helmet and ask people with a huge bamboo stick to hit him on the head. Wow. Just crazy people. Everybody sort of thinks that the early circuit was extremely sort of um, lefty and right on and mm. hated Thatcher, which was an element of it, but also there was a loads of different... There weren't even comedians on all the time. A lot of the times there were comedians, poets, singers, jugglers, mm. weirdo escape artists, you know, just crazy people. It was nice, I get, I say, a variety night really, wasn't it, you know? Like, it wasn't, and then the, there was a thing called Cast, who were funded by the GLC, that's how long ago that is. They were called Cast New Variety, and they had four or five venues all over London, and every gig that they had, had a comedian, but they were always balanced out by somebody else. So they always had a proper band at the end, not a comedy band, a proper band, but they'd always have jugglers on and stuff like that. Even jugglers in the early days had jugglers on. Yeah, something completely different. Like, you know, yeah. So you get to see, uh, you know, you see a night, sometimes you see the same subjects kind of going through, like, well, okay, there's, an, you yeah. know, not the same material, but, you know, there's only so, so many subjects in the world, I guess, but, you know, you go, oh, okay, that's where that person, you know, that person from, that's there, and it can become a bit uh, bingo, can't it, really? 
Yeah, uh, and you know, there's. I mean, it's changing now, which I I have to think is really good because mm-hmm. there's loads more women on the bill, and there's a lot more d- diversity than there was. Although, having said that, that what happened was the circuit sort of around about the mid '80s when money came in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very much like punk and new wave and that sort of thing. Once the money moved in and people began to say, "Oh, hang on, you know, I've paid ten quid here." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't like one act. I mean, that, <laughs> but you'd always get told at the beginning, like there might be not, you might not like everyone, but you got six acts. Come on, tuck in. Yeah, yeah. But um, then promoters started to get a bit more sort of, oh, you know, can't take a chance. People, you know, people be upset. You know, that's why somebody like who was one of my comedy heroes, Martin Stone, was brilliant, and he used to come on and he built it himself, a skirting board, board yeah, yeah. of an Indian restaurant, and he called it the smallest Indian restaurant in the world. All right. He just have Indian music and he'd just do a little play yeah. about what was happening. He wouldn't do the accents. He was just yeah. do. I mean, it was just surreal genius. Yeah. And then he used to do um, Shakespeare, but with the rough from those dryers. You know, the dryers they have the white things that go out, and he used oh, to yeah. tie it round his neck like an Elizabethan rough. It and he nice. used to do loads of gigs. Um, I mean, he was part of the greatest show on legs, who were brilliant in their day. But then he gradually stopped getting booking because people just. Stare at him. Yeah. You know, what what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we want a white male thirty-something stand-up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want that anymore. Is it? Uh, no, no, no. The thing is, though. Yeah, the thing is, that's when it became a little bit samey. Same. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, I rejoice in the fact that bills are more mixed and yeah. there's much more variety of stuff going on, which I think is good. Pushing the envelope a little bit, see where it's yeah. going, where it can go. Yeah. Have you always been a musical actor? Um, well, the funny thing is, this is actually the original version of Skin Video when we had music in it, but we were primarily sketch. This is way, way, way before sketches were very fashionable because they became very fashionable in the 90s, but we were we were ahead of the curve. So our sketches used to just go... Oh, no. It weren't ready, man. You know, it weren't ready. Well, I mean, I remember one of our earliest sketches was about a soldier in the Falklands who was in love with a penguin. And the only reason we did that sketch is because Brian, my other partner, the, there was a joke shop, and he, he found the penguin, one of those that you push along, so it go... He thought, what can we put this in? <laughs> we need a sketch to put this in. We used to go there. Uh, there's a place still there by Euston called Lawrence Corner, and um, it does um, costumes for theatre, but it has loads of old um, soldiers' uniforms. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and I can't even remember what the sketch was, but we're in there once and we saw two hats from the Foreign Legion and said, Oh, these are great, we've got to get this. And then we can, what, could, what can we do that's got the fo- French Foreign Legion in? So we thought of something, I don't know what it was. So we were sketch based, really, with music in, in the middle. And we were a lot more of a double act. We used to have a lot of toing and froing, but music's mainly been there, yeah. Because I, I actually started when I was in Liverpool. I used to be in a band, and oh. um, what was the name of the band? I always interested in what the name. Oh was. well, we were called Bandstand, which is a terrible name. I hate that name. Not my idea for the name. And then we morphed into a sort of like a sort of new wavey sort of outfit called the Heat. Right, cool, nice. The Heat. The heat is um, That's it. And we used to do cover. We used to do loads of cover versions. We used to do like quite a lot of punk and new wave. Some of my songs as well, and the other guy that was in them. And then you know it's that classic thing. It's how Connolly and a lot of the folk yeah. people started they, when the equipment would break down. I used to do a little bit of stuff in between and it, it'd get laughs. I thought, oh, yeah. but then that didn't happen instantaneously. Only a few years later did it. Percolate, you know, but I can always kept the music in because I like it, you know. Do you have any recordings from those days? I haven't got any live ones, but I've got some studio stuff that the band did, yes. Yeah, it's all pretty badly recorded, though. 
for my birthday a few years ago the guy that was in the band made me um, a CD of it and I do listen to it but it's really funny because I was on uh, Radio Merseyside a few years ago and the guy said to me have you got anything from your earliest days and I said yeah and he actually listened to it and he said look the quality you oh, <laughs> just can't put it on it. it's so bad yeah. it's so bad for you because it's <laughs> you know as it would be because we had no money so uh, yeah. I'm recording that because I have got a band now as well but I'm recording an album now but we're doing it the old fashioned way we've done one <laughs> done one EP and uh, we did that sort of like together so we just want to do it the old fashioned way but we've forgotten how how long that takes because yeah. even with the advent of modern technology one mistake go back and start again so we're doing the drums the drums have taken five <laughs> sessions to get the drums right it's like yeah. Yeah. you know people forget that if you sat in the room you've got to be quiet as well so people forget to switch their phones off yeah. They go, <coughs> or they yeah. ruffle their papers, or That's you know. Well, what's the name of your band now? Is it like not bands? Uh, we're called the True Believers, and we do um, Americana, stroke folk, stroke country, and it's all my songs. There's there's no funny songs in there. Yeah. They're all my songs, which I've been writing sort of on and off since about twenty fourteen, so about five years, and it's just great. And I'm really yeah. enjoying it. We've made one EP. We're going to make an album. Great. You know, we we we've done quite a lot of gigs. Yeah. Is that all, that's weekends as well though I guess is it? No, I mean the comedy always takes oh, yeah. We do do the odd Friday or Saturday when yeah. I haven't got any work, Great. but we mainly play like Thursdays or Sundays when. Oh, right. I nice. I've already that's told good. about. It's a nice downtime. It's nice kind of like ease off the weekend as well. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> it's hard to work though because yeah, you, right. you have to be on stage for like two two and a half yeah, hours. I guess so. <laughs> and you never stop singing. You can't have a rest. That's true. I'd forgotten that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd also forgotten the dynamics of a band as well. You know, like right. the six of us. And, oh uh, right. Some people don't get on with other people. Oh, no. Like, yeah, but they have that in every yeah. band. Yeah, true, true. I was thinking about that today walking down the road you know so the, the only reason that people get together in bands is because they, they blend together musically and there's no law to say that you should get on personally yeah, true. that's why that's most true. bands don't last very long yeah, isn't yeah. It? eventually someone just goes fuck off yeah. and you, 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 you cut your toenails in the band you bastard oh no it's yeah. on, on the bus or on the, yeah, the, on the bus. Oh, yeah you know oh, that's, that's the thing that normally yeah. destroys bands yeah. you know. the old familiarity isn't it it's a breeze contempt breeze contempt it does, uh, it does. oh no, I'm just gonna put my feet on the dash. Do you mind? I, I kind of do mind. But <laughs> you're quite political in your stand-up as well. Yeah, right? I've always been pretty political. When we started off, yeah, you know, we, we did loads and loads of stuff to support the marriage strike and stuff like that. And yeah, I've carried on. I still do loads of benefits if I can. Yeah. My whole thing is, I mean, I I went to Jeremy's thing and they they, they read out a thing. He said he said if you and I agree with him. Mm. He says if you, it's no good going getting an applause break for something you say you've got to have a laugh if you describe yourself as a comedian mm. my whole thing is, is the joke has to come first and Jeremy said mm. if you haven't got a joke shut the fuck up it's no good going yeah isn't it great you know is it terrible blah 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 Tory government blah blah yeah. Yeah, well that's all, no yes, that's crap you know because I've always tried to make it funny first and political second you know yeah. and, if, and sometimes I struggle with it you know I'm very angry about something it's very hard to write quite clearly on it because okay. you have to have a bit of distance between um, I have to calm down a bit before I can write but I do love, I, like, I'm not going to like do your closing bit about trains which I love that as great you know like oh, just and it's great it just, it's just the energy behind it is just right and it's just like yeah. oh, it's something everyone can connect with isn't it like, yeah but um, yeah, it's yeah I mean I'd, I mean I'd, all you can do in, your, in anyone's comedy is do something that's, that means a lot to you 
you know, and do it in such a way that you're trying to get make everybody included, you know. Mm. So everybody's had that experience, I, yeah. I assume, unless you are driven around by a chauffeur-driven <laughs> well, car, nice. you wouldn't, uh, yeah. yeah. I always try to sugar the pill. So, you know, I've got jokes in the act about the royal family, stuff like that. I, you know, I stand by those jokes because I, I think they're funny, mm. but... Um, that's what I actually believe as well. And, so. it's still, and they're all current as well, so it keeps it it's nice. Yeah, to I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, this afternoon when you've gone, I'll be sat there trying to I'm getting me Danny Baker stuff together, uh, yeah. Alabama, because uh, they brought yeah, in course, the abortion yeah. thing abortion and um, again, stuff yeah. like that, yeah. And I'm, I'm already thinking of, although it, it's going to be funny because on Monday night, this big gala thing at the comedy store, <laughs> I'm on last. So I'll be like this going, oh, you bastards. Yeah, totally. Oh, come on. No. Yeah. I had a good bit in that. Stole my thunder, you fuckers. Well, at the Jeremy Hardy Memorial, where Jack D did a really good joke about um, Danny Baker. I was thinking, oh, you sad. I had something on that. Damn it. Damn it. And it was about monkeys as well. As oh. well. I thought, oh, yeah. damn it. No. Oh, These things happen. Happens, they have to show. You know, it's funny about that. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, years ago, you know the Salmon Rusty thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably don't know a stand up guy called Owen O'Neill, although he's no. from Northern Ireland. Very, very good um, stand up. And also, he's behind a lot of those plays that he wrote. They, they adapted The Shawshank Redemption oh, yeah, and 12 Angry Men. And, hmm. But he said a really funny thing because comics are always like me. You know, if you're doing, dealing with topical stuff, it was in the dressing room of the comedy store, and somebody said, uh, Are you doing anything about um, Salman Rushdie? <laughs> he said, What the fuck can I do? I'm just one man. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't do anything about it. You know. <laughs> but he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. Um, it, that's always the thing. If you're up last, yeah. you've got to watch as a lot of your stuff crashes and burns. and. It's like arriving late at the gig and some of the, the MC's yeah. already done something with the crowd. They go, oh, you've been talked to already? Oh, fuck it. But then someone goes into the crowd and does the same. That's why I, I always make a point of getting there early. I, I don't... Um, I think that's really one of the most awkward moments ever if an act comes on and goes, blah, 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 blah. And they go, the, the collective groan that goes through the audience. Yeah. Like, oh, this, no. Yeah. Some people don't, do they? They like to leave it until they're just on. Or they're doubling, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Closing bit is about trains. Mm. You've also done a show about trains, haven't you, as well? Yeah. 37 years. How many Edinburgh shows have I done? Yeah. Well, I did every year in the nine, in the 80s, except one. So that was seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I've done about 15, 16 wow. shows. Mm. I've also done a new show. Every year I've written a new show for the Liverpool Comedy Festival mm. uh, for the last, I would say, 12 years. That, that's that, and I've never done that in Edinburgh either. I've never used any of the bits sometimes specific to Liverpool I mean I did um, a radio show on Radio Merseyside called um, From Adolf to the Zootons the A to Z of Liverpool history and I did uh, it did it parts one two and three during the City of Culture year 2008 yeah. but I also did yeah, um, it was broadcast on the radio and at the moment I'm working on new one about statues yeah. So I think I don't think anyone's done. I don't think anyone's done that yet. <laughs> it's called Kick Over the Statues, and it's yeah. about the arguments that are raging about um, the status of status mm. of statues in our society. I mean, in, in, in America, mm. you know, should you pull down the statues of Confederate generals, right. uh, the Thatcher statues, and there, there's. Um, Pulled down the Saddam Hussein one in. Uh, they Iraq, did they prematurely. It, 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 it turns out, didn't they? Said so it signalled victory. <laughs> then the war went on for another two years. It's very interesting. I, I'm I'm going around all the cities of the UK, um, like just photographing some of the 
prominent statues and I'm going to see if I can do a show that every time I'm in that place I can do a show about the specific Great. statues that are there you know because Manchester's got some brilliant ones yeah. and Liverpool as well I mean Liverpool's got the famous statues on the beach mm-hmm. you know the Anthony Gormley right do you, have you never seen no, them no I haven't is it's it called it? another place in the, sand, in the sand yeah they're called yeah. the Iron Men but mm-hmm. um, there's a hundred of them in fact there's 99 but they're all looking out to sea Wait, in one direction. Was, it, was there a hundred or there were just 99 I think he deliberately put 99 all oh, right just a <laughs> one's not dead <laughs> they're all modelled on him aren't they Anthony Gormley right. the sculptor yeah 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 great idea so that's my latest project I want to do a show about statues wow. your show is like is it like pros and cons of each of the of the of the statue is it go well, should, well, should we leave him here or should we tear it I down I don't know yet I haven't decided um, that might be a good idea I was going to do a bit where I had a little game with the audience because you remember that, that game that kids play called statues where you turn to the wall and, yeah. you, and then you turn around and yeah. everyone's got to stop Stay still, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> End up with one part, one audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, those kind of. I'm just kind of thinking of playing around with it and because there's so many um, other things in, in sort of our culture, you know, like Medusa. You know, yeah, yeah. Her, her power is to turn people to stone, to statue, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, of course. Um, and there's a famous scene in um, Winter's Tale where the statue of the king comes to life. And there's loads of. It's quite spooky, isn't it? That we invest statues with kind of. We love to think that they come alive, mm. don't they? Yeah. It's that night at the museum and all those sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, that's so. right. Still sort of like percolating yeah, yeah, in my brain. Because right. it, it's also like, a, you, we go to museums and see all these statues and go, oh, look, and then, and then you, you, you're there, you're kind of trying to imagine this, uh, this statue in, in its, in, at the time in its state when it had arms or like you know, had a head or whatever it is. You go, Do you wonder what that was like back then? And it just takes you there. And then you um, making people again aware of the history. Because I think the thing is, everyone's living so presently or in the future mm. it's nice to kind of bring the past back into the now and, and like have people to kind of dissect it and, and, and have poke fun and, and remember because yeah. it, it's, it's otherwise it gets lost isn't it I'll tell you something um, most statues if you see them I mean a hell of a lot are militaristic mm. and they've always got people in heroic poses haven't they <laughs> you never see a statue of someone having a shit do you <laughs> That's true. don't got, or doing the gardening or picking their nose <laughs> yeah, they're all like this aren't they with yeah. their sword thrust yeah. forward like hello there's the hooves isn't it if you've got like one or two hooves on the ground yes I can't remember what that yeah, there's some, some one's a defeat and one's a victory that's right and that's one right. died in battle and one that's died it. in his bed or something yeah. like that you know yeah. I mean, this, the horse has got no legs I don't know how it, how it works <laughs> if the horse has got no legs that means the horse got it as well yeah, that's it. It's a crap horse. It, it, if three feet are on the ground uh, that means like the NHS <laughs> didn't come in time was it, running, was it running fast enough? Yeah. Uh, but, but, <laughs> what was your first French show you did? Um, we went up to, in, that was in 1982, went to, um, oh God, this is the bottom of Princess Street. Mm. I don't think it's, it's there anymore because I think we did a gig mm. downstairs in a Masonic Lodge and upstairs was where they all used to... Know, hello, brother. Robin, huh? Yeah, yeah. Left style. nipple in the custard and all the rest of it. And um, <laughs> we had a show. It wasn't called anything. It was just oh. just skin video doing our show, mm. and we only did it for a week. We got we did got a few quite a few people in, and we were sort of like dusting on people's floors. And then at the very end, we we because um, we it said um, no entry on the thing, you know, upstairs, and so we were a bit pissed on the last night. So we thought, let's go up and have a look. And then we flung open the doors, and this massive eye. You know, like that sort of glowing, and we shit ourselves and run downstairs. I think it was just the way the light was shining oh, on it. Right, yeah. It yeah. wasn't, you know, just yeah. 
this was the secrecy of the, the, the naughtiness of the time like oh no we've got to get out of here so yeah. no entry we're in here the eye was like oh, oh yeah. yeah like like the eye of uh of uh Sauron Sauron yeah 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 wow yeah that was a, that was my first one in 82 then properly went up in 84 I did a lot of those compilations you know we, we do it with um, loads of other people so we went up um, in 85 with Julian Clary mm. who um uh, was fantastic. We had a good laugh with him actually, and then he, went, he later went. I think he won the Perrier, didn't he? Oh. Yeah, not not that year, but the year after. We generally do compilation ones. Then eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety one. We did our own show. You didn't have a you didn't have a name for it. Just did it in the, the Masonic Lodge. One of our shows was called Rebels with a Chord. Yeah, which is quite a good title. Cool. Um, yeah, we made a big mistake on that. We thought it would be funny to have pictures of our manager's kids playing our instruments on the thing. Of mm. course, nobody ever thought it was a kid's show. No. <laughs> yeah. So nobody came. Oh. That was a massive mistake. That was a joint show with John Maloney, actually. Oh, really? It was a good show that year. We were in the Pleasant Spa downstairs. That yeah. Was, uh, yeah, I wouldn't do that again. Or yeah. my advice, if you're going to have a poster for Edinburgh, put yourself on it. Don't, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't, don't put children no. or animals or anything that's not you. Yeah. I mean, that's the famous story of um, one of the godfathers of alternative comedy, Tony Allen, uh, called his show Sold Out. (laughs) 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 Which backfired spectacularly because no one came. Yeah, totally. That must be sold out. That's good. It's like calling your show cancelled, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) You did that with John Maloney, right? And was he playing the accordion then? Yeah, we did a musical section. Basically, he would do his sets, then we would do ours, then we'd do a load of stuff together at the end. So, yeah. yeah, it was great life great. actually. Okay. Really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, and he played the borrower as well. He's a brilliant, oh, nice. brilliant musician, John. Mm. Um, so I've done loads of different things. What was your favourite show that you did? Probably that one. Oh, yeah. That one that was in '91. I thought it was, we had some great stuff. Um, the audience response was great. Of the ones that I've done, my favourite one is 2017, the train show. Shunted again. I, I've actually done. Uh, four solo shows yeah or five and that's my favourite one I just thought I was very happy with the writing I had quite a lot of previews which in previous years I'd not so I had quite a lot of run up time even then you know yourself during the run it changed sort of spectacular not spectacularly mm-hmm. but by the end it was a completely different beast from when it started and uh, I just really enjoyed it yeah. um, I was very happy with all the material and and then I went on to do it at the Soho Theatre which was nice. great which I've always wanted to do nice. and it was very well received so um, uh, and one of the biggest accolades for that show is a guy called Christian Walmar who's the foremost writer on railways in the UK oh came to see it about three times really? and really loved it so nice. he, he wrote me a very nice review that's great um, yeah so something, that I must have been doing something right yeah someone yeah. who knows their shit right yeah about, yeah about who shows. knows what he's talking yeah, about yeah great those two are my favourites yeah yeah you do uh, acting still as well yeah? I do um, <laughs> I was the last thing I was in was a couple of years ago was called Little Boy Blue which is a very harrowing docudrama mm. on ITV about the Killing of uh, Reese Jones, you know the little lad that was shot in the mm. crossfire. Do you know? You know, you probably don't. No, it's about ten years ago now. The poor little sod was mm. causing the gang warfare, shooting, mm. and was shot. Stephen Graham played the police inspector who investigated. Mm. I, I was uh, typecast as a really weasley, horrible lawyer. Oh. <laughs> I was only in it for like a minute, but it yeah. was great. I really enjoyed it. I've done bits and bobs. I've done a few. Ad- yeah. you know, I did an advert. 
for NHS England yeah. where I was having a stroke. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you know what I think? Is that the face one? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, see, I think yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. I thought I recognised you. Wasn't much, wasn't much <laughs> acting involved in that. Well, I'm, I'm on the street and I'm having a bit oh. of a seizure. But what, what it was, was we, it was recorded in um, January. It was freezing. Mm. But it wasn't rainy enough, so they had false rain. Hours and hours, like take after take yeah. after. Can you do it from this? Like we're going to shoot it from this angle. We're going to like come round from the right. Can mm-hmm. you do it again? Yeah. And by the end, me and the other woman that were in it was just like, yeah, we both caught a cold. Which is ironic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd like to do more acting. I've got an acting agent and stuff like that. It puts me up to yeah. up for stuff. I'm still involved in that. I'm still involved in the writing. Vitelli, um, with Paul Ricketts, we're writing mm. loads of stuff together. Great. Yeah, that's just an ongoing thing. Yeah, that's basically. It. Doesn't stop there. You got to keep. Doesn't stop. Got to keep plugging away. Plugging yeah, away. That's it. And still doing the. You know, I, I still get as much of a kick out of doing the live stuff as I did thirty years ago. It's still Crazy. great. Yeah. It's like a. It's like a massive shot of adrenaline. Isn't totally. It? In fact, it's better than adrenaline. It's <laughs> like yeah. That's it. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's nothing like. As I said to you before, thinking of something in the afternoon, thinking, I've got a gig tonight, I'm going to do it tonight. And then it goes well, and it's like, it's the best feeling in the world, totally. I think. It's great. And of course, there's the downside of that. If it crashes and burns, that's horrible. <laughs> well, that's the risk, isn't it? That's where the joy, the adrenaline comes from, isn't it? Right? But that's... <laughs> you never can tell. That's no. the thing. Until it actually leaves your mouth, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's not a fully formed thing. It's just in your head. Like 37 years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you must see a lot of crazy stuff go on, right? You don't have to give any names or like to, to what do you protect, mean? Protect the innocent. Drugs? Uh, no, no. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about drugs, sure. But like, but like stuff, you must see some mad stuff happen, like in places, in at gigs. Like, what's the craziest thing you've seen happen at a gig? You know, okay, the guy who uh, the guy who got naked at your first gig was it your when your first yeah, gig? no, and, no, like, that's not the craziest. Okay, I've seen loads of craziest things. One time, I was at a gig with. Uh, <laughs> this is an incognito story, and um, he was on stage. He was going really well, and there was a woman and a man in the front. It was a place called the Aztec Club, which is in Crystal Palace. It's not there anymore. Ian was on stage, and um, a guy goes, "Fuck off, you shit, fuck off." Cogs just said, "I mean, you know, we've all, we've all done it. You know, it's the cardinal sin." He goes, "If you think you can do any better, you know, why don't you have a fucking go?" And of course, the guy gets up. And he brings his partner with him. They're both t- stripped, totally naked, right? The Aztec Club was a Tex-Mex restaurant, so it had those big, like, wine bottles, but with the oh, red right. candles stuck yeah. in, they're all melted, you know, mm-hmm. like, having those. Anyway, the guy broke off one of those, melted the wax onto his cock, right? Didn't flinch. Must have fucking hurt. Yeah, totally. She did it onto her tits. And then the guy goes, follow that. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, he did. Cogs did, but for a minute there, it was absolute fucking pumping. Right, totally. laughing, totally. screaming, so going, what the? That is a recurring theme of that, like being vulnerable, I guess. But not to that. Maybe that's to tell extreme. But this guy, I did a, a course years ago for a <clears> comedy, <throat> and uh, the first guy of the day had said, "Right, come and do a minute, two minutes, whatever you want to do." Uh, at the end of the week, and so we did. And this guy put on a, a tape of like some really sexy sort of. Uh, striptease music and he 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 put that on and just took his clothes to be fair the guy was a good looking guy you know yeah, just know, sickeningly but, uh, good looking he was just like look at long flowing locks yeah, and just yeah, like yeah. really tall guy you know swarthy swore, kind of looking and then took off his clothes and that wasn't the end of it as soon as he got stripped down he he took out a lighter and set light to his pubes 
and yeah. like that was yeah we could only do that once every three months or so I'm sure but you know it's a, you know, but like that was what he did there's a horrible smell as well yeah exactly it's not yeah. nice it wasn't nice but that yeah. that was the thing it was funny but it's a recurring theme but that, that but that is I think that's more dangerous the, the, you're definitely going to hurt yourself more yeah. you? I, the candle out the candle thing I don't know how they did it because yeah. um, it must have been excruciating you're going to have to cut that out afterwards aren't you I mean, or, or, or melt it out hot water uh, or I don't know I'm just starting to I don't know what happened to them they just disappeared into the crowds and just fucked off you know? yeah, I think about this too much I think that's weird that place because there's something very not similar that happened to me but I was doing a gig at that place and I, and I actually went down really well I got an encore mm. and I came back and there was a woman there were these horrible people People all night they were sort of they were off their tits on something mm. but they were heckling all night and they were still heckling but I dealt with them early on but I came back and they wouldn't shut. I said for fuck's sake come on I've given you loads of chances just shut yeah. the fuck up now and let me have this bit of glory yeah. uh, you know stop making me look like a cunt and yeah. some woman stands up stood up right a big huge black woman with dungarees and went I strongly object to your use of the word cunt and I thought well, I was going to have an ideological discussion she goes because that's not a cunt this is, and she unzipped her dungarees, pulled down her thing, and just pulled down her whole thing, and just like exposed herself, Whoa. and then walked towards the stage. No, cue pandemonium! No. Right, a lot of the women in the audience no. shouting "fuck off" to her. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't continue. Some people got her out of the venue and all the rest of it. The police were called because the other people were off their heads, and they went downstairs into the bar. There was a tussle, whatever, and uh, the police were called. And the last I recall was we were all upstairs, out the window, watching the woman who'd exposed herself and her friend, female friend, punching seven shades of shit out of each other wow. on the pavements and being jerked up by the police and thrown into the back of a police wow. car. That's that was crazy. the end of the evening. That's crazy, yeah? I think drugs were involved there. Yeah. I mean, I, one of my... I mean, I do tell this story a lot, but it's a true story. It happened in Glastonbury festival many years ago and it was when I was in the double act and um, this guy came in and he did look like Jesus Christ and he dressed like Jesus Christ yeah. so the whole like that but he had the long hair he had genuinely had long hair yeah. and uh, he walked in and um, all, all um, we said to him where the fuck have you been you're 2000 years too late <laughs> and not knowing that he was off his head on acid or something oh, okay. so in Glastonbury there are no bouncers yeah. so he just climbed on stage punched my sort of like pushed my no. double act partner in there he fell over yeah. got hold of me and began to choke me no yeah yeah and I, I actually began to black I thought what? wow what a way to go yeah. killed by Jesus <laughs> and one of the stage hands Jesus saves yeah I know. <laughs> and um, one of the stage hands actually um, uh, came and really lamped him right in the face and knocked him out Good. he had to and I do remember I think it was my double act partner said uh, and the guy was going Jesus you know came around and going, I'll fucking sue you you bastards mm -hmm. my partner said never mind Jesus why don't you turn the other cheek <laughs> <laughs> That's so, great. But it's got a massive cheer. Oh, you know. it'd have to. It'd have to. That's brilliant. But that's the worst assault I've had. I mean, I've had, I've had coins thrown at me. Yeah. Uh, once I was on stage at Manchester Jonglers, and someone threw the cork of a wine bottle so hard that it split my nose. So my, my nose was pouring with blood. It was going into my mouth. Yeah. And I just threw the guitar down and just stormed off stage. Yeah, yeah. And said, nah, fuck this. Because yeah. I, I just think heckling and you know being taken the piss out of it's part of your job but yeah. not physical assault no, one of the right. best things I ever saw was Dave Fulton at the comedy store in the middle of a joke and someone threw a coin and it hit him on the head and he just goes so I said to the guy he goes he just dropped the mic like that turned on his heel without saying a word 
uproar in the audience. And then the compound goes, yeah. them's the rules, guys. Yeah. Uh, you throw stuff at us, we don't have to take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the guy who'd done it, they have identified, they're really good at the comedy store. And yeah. Two bouncers just came, just grabbed him and he was out, you know. Yeah. Should have been charged with assault. Why would you do that? What, what is that like? You paid your money. I don't know. Yeah. Well, coins. I mean, you could you could actually blind somebody Easy. like that. Because um, many years ago, when the tunnel was, um, that was a crazy place in the. Uh, this is the one of the first old comedy clubs in the country, and it was by the Blackwall Tunnel. It was called the Tunnel. It was run by Malcolm Hardy, and it was rough as fuck. It was like playing the cage in the Blues Brothers, sorry. Mm. Uh, a cross between that. It was rough as fuck. The heckling was always... It was actually quite devastating, you know. Mm-hmm. One of the ones they once did to... Um, oh, uh, Noel James came on, and he, he painted himself from head to foot toe in blue. Noel James, yeah. Yeah, and he had a pair of underpants on. And, and it was all for one joke. He goes, hello, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a blue comedian. <laughs> But before before he could get to the microphone, someone just went, fuck off, you smurf. And it just destroyed it. He had to go. He sort of went, oh. I felt sorry for him. But, um, you know, they were absolutely vicious. That The days were numbered when it descended into physical violence because somebody threw a glass, glass, at a double actor we're on called Clarence and Joy Pickles mm. and she was wearing a pair of glasses it smashed the glasses and it cut her all over the eye so that's when the tunnel basically closed there was a gap and then he went to up the creek which is a different story because that's still rough in its own way isn't it? mm-hmm. <laughs> but not nobody chucks anything at it the thing is I don't mind he- if heckles are funny I think they're we, well, the you know we did, we've done that gig B-Bar with you yeah. yourself oh that was a funny that. heckle was wasn't it brilliant with, with Hugh Davis and yeah. there was like three musical acts on the build up but the, 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 he had the, the keyboard hanging around his neck he came on with it round his neck and somebody just went, two choc ices, please. Brilliant. Brilliant heckle. And honestly, you were there. Yeah. It just was, um, I love it when that happens. It's like for about two minutes, mm. the audience was just like rocking. Brilliant. Stuff like that is absolutely why live performance trumps TV every day of the week. You cannot replicate that, can you? You can't. No. I'll tell you a great one. Uh, Andy Robinson, do you know Andy Robinson? Mm, the guy no. from Big Tall Guy from Birmingham does right. the anyway, he compass the glee yeah. club a lot. And he's talking, he goes, uh, you know, it's great here in Birmingham, we all belong together, you know, every Bison Creek some guy at the back goes, Boo <laughs> So he goes, What you you're booing multiculturalism? And the guy goes, Yeah <laughs> This is absolutely true. Andy Robinson goes, Well where are you from, mate? And before the guy could reply, a woman in the front row goes, The nineteen thirties <laughs> That's great. And it was like, honestly, it was like someone had thrown a grenade. It, it, the, the laughter mm. just continued for about two minutes. So and, quick, it just bam, yeah. straight in there. That's and crazy. Andy Robinson goes, that is fucking brilliant. I'm going to be using that. Yeah. I mean, you've got to use yeah, that. Totally. I mean, it's, it's totally. one of those. Like, yeah. I, I love stuff like that. I, mean, I was doing a gig at Bristol, the Comedy Box, and um, I said, oh, you know, I was doing a gig in Bath last night. And uh, someone goes, it's Bath. I said, no, it's not, it's Bath. She goes, it's Bath. And I said, uh, no, it's not, it's Bath. You know, it's posh there. And uh, somebody said, well, in that case, it's jacuzzi to you. <laughs> really posh. It was so well timed. And I thought, you bastard. Yeah. But I used it for ages. That's, and I told him at the time, yeah. I said, because he got a massive laugh. And I said, right, I'm going to, that's in my act now. It's best that it's done in a posh voice, though. Yeah, totally. Jacuzzi to you, you peasant. You talked about, so you went to Jeremy Hardy's funeral there. I used to love Jeremy Hardy Speaks to the Nation. 
brilliant. The amount of like ideas and, and things that they, they generated in those, that series was incredible. It's on everything, wasn't it? Yes. Mm. Uh, he's a very clever man. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, I found those things fantastic. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of those um, Radio 4 shows are formatted, that, that sort of material. I mean, um, he's at the opposite on the political spectrum but um, Simon Evans one um, is brilliant as well have you heard it Whoa. Simon Evans goes to market which he an, um, analyses the financial markets it's really interesting mm. but it's funny as well because he's very very funny Radio 4 does them best you know something like Mark Steele uh, when he goes down your way they're brilliant those shows mm. yeah I mean Jeremy was not only was he really funny but he was also you know he was a nice guy as well you know at, at that memorial service there were a lot of people there from very very disparate parts of the comedy spectrum and also from all walks of life that he made friends with you know so so being doing comedy and you've been doing the acting and stuff as well uh, okay what is it like you've done some nice the good stuff right was the what, you don't have to name the name of what it was but what was the most hideous thing well, this is interesting because um, I think hideous things are always around the corner. It doesn't yeah. matter what level you get to. <laughs> I've had some ones where, um, I mean, me and the other guys still use this as a catchphrase sometimes. We did a, we did a nightclub in Blackpool, this is many years ago. And we turned up there and we said, um, you know, where's the stage? You know, you're over there, you know, in front of disco, you know. I said, well, where's the microphone? And this is what he said, he went, microphone? <laughs> Just like, like he'd never heard of it. Yeah. Microphone? He said, we haven't got a microphone. Yeah. So DJ's got a microphone. So, well, can we use this? No, no. And it was one of the worst. Oh, God, it was horrible. We did a gig, sort of shouting. No one could hear us because it was a massive disco. And then we did get coined off. They threw loads of cards. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't mind to throw them at your feet if they're pound coins you know what I mean but Jesus come on I mean I've had, we, we had a gig once that we did um, which was in a student union and we antagonised a rugby club oh. we'd taken a piss out of them I remember being able to stand that sort of macho attitude anyway yeah, yeah. but we antagonised them so they pulled the plug on us oh. so we really slagged them off on stage and they chased us into the dress room and we were barricading into the dress room they smashed down the door we got out the back We'd called a cab, got into the cab. They were chasing us down the road. They kicked the hubcap off one of the oh. guys, and the taxi driver was going, "The fuck is going on?" And yeah. we were just going, "Drive, drive!" Yeah, because totally. they were the us, the massive rugby guys. Yeah, going, yeah. Come on! There's all sorts of um, bad gigs, aren't there? there? There are gigs that are just unplayable when you get mm. there. But then there are sometimes you go to a gig and you think, "Well, this is just going to be." shit and it mm. turns out to be lovely mm-hmm. and there's always the gigs where it should be engraved on your tombstone you, know, you should have been here last week it's, it's totally. really full there's a gig called that now as well like just a little new material now you should have been here last week it's brilliant I love the name of that it, it's, that's yeah, what it's called it's <laughs> you should have been here last week yeah, uh, I, I can't understand it you know yeah, it was fun. Um, was, there, there was such fun. a lovely audience so where, where the fuck are they to this week oh we're all they're all back actually just miserable this week I once did a gig at the comedy store many many years ago when it was the gong show but I'm talking about the, the original version of Gong Show and um, mm. someone was heckless <laughs> and uh, I lost it I lost it completely I'd never I'd never normally now lose my temper on stage mm. I normally um, learnt how to control did it did you have a problem with that at the beginning yeah because yeah. I used to take it to heart a bit yeah, yeah. but then you can't I went to twat him on the head with the guitar and if I'd have made connection with him I'd have killed him so oh. but luckily my partner caught it yeah. it was like that I mean honestly Whoa. the guy was like he, yeah. he couldn't have stopped it wow. but Brian just went whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Yeah. I mean, we got gonged off after yeah. 
<laughs> Gong. Trying to kill the audience. Gong. It's, it's in the rules. Put that in the rules. That's Cannot punch the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Anger. I have a problem with that. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And, and like, how did you like let that go? It was just like time? It's time plus, I think if you do loads and loads and loads of gigs, yeah. and it happens over and over again, you've got to learn to kind of... I mean, I'm saying this now. I could lose my temper tomorrow. I don't know, but I haven't I haven't done for a long time. Mm. You just got to think that, in a way, if you if you lose your temper, you have lost because yeah. they're trying to provoke that. Mm. And uh, it's much better to remain calm and think of something funny to say to them that yeah. will probably ruin their life and make them miserable for the rest of their life you know? which is you're still taking the moral high ground aren't yeah. you yeah yeah I'm going to ruin your life I've said some horrible things to people you know I, I, but then I think it's all it's like that it's in the arena isn't it mm. and if they start it then they fucking ask for it yeah it's, the, it's, it's our octagon isn't it yeah that's it yeah I'm not one of those acts who go look at you you fucking baldy yeah. twat or you know yeah. I don't do that mm-hmm. some acts do mm-hmm. but if they come for you then you're legit allowed to do what you need to do you to shut defend them up. your right to be there haven't you really? yeah, yeah I mean because they're, all they're trying to do is disrupt your authority mm. to, you know I mean Cogs said something to somebody I, I read this but it's very true it's, it, it's about owning stage and making people feel that you've got the right to be there mm-hmm. standing in a certain way not allowing you see somebody like um, Rudy Liquid it, the way he actually occupies the stage it's fascinating to watch, and it's he he paces to and fro. So all acts have got different ways of doing it, but it's all about you just saying, "Hey, I've got a right to be here, and you've got a right to listen." Very very much like teaching, mm-hmm. I think as well. Mm-hmm. Teachers have got that. No wonder so many um, acts were ex-teachers or had did a little bit of a stint. There's loads. Are very good at it. Like even yeah. before they've even done like. Yeah, Greg Davis was a teacher. But also a drama teacher as well. So he's got oh, yeah. all of that shit together. He's like, well, you know, I've, I've wanted to be an actor. I'm a teacher now. Oh, I'm a stand-up. So the transition was a lot smaller, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't send people out of the room, can you? <laughs> this is very true. It'd be great if every time someone heckled, you, see yeah. the headmaster. Right, see me after. See me after. <laughs> you wanker. And, and conversely, of course, if you're a teacher, you can't make the kids cry. Can no, you, you can't. No, no. You take a zip, very dim view of that. They're allowed to hit them with a guitar and stuff, it's not no. allowed. No, allowed to. But Rulers. Yeah. <laughs> when you're when you're starting, like, who's your um, person? You come in. Oh man, I'd love to be like that eventually. Um, my absolute hero was Alexi Sale. I saw him live. I was already doing it, but he just electrified me. I saw him twice in very quick succession. I saw him in Edinburgh doing a massive venue, and he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was anger channeled in the in the right way as well. Mm-hmm. And, it's really funny because um, there's kind of people like uh, Keith Allen. I always loved him because he's. But a lot of my contemporaries I really admired, like Mark Steele, Jeremy Hardy, Mark yeah. Thomas, a guy called Mark My Words who became Mark Hurst, yeah. Linda Smith thought she was brilliant, Hattie Havage really liked her. But also, it's like that thing where um, punks used to say, "Oh, I only like uh, this music." So that's impossible because you mm-hmm. you know you've been alive longer than that so mm-hmm. so older comedians people like Tommy Cooper and mm-hmm. Les Dawson I love Les Dawson he, he still makes me laugh mm-hmm. so older comics like that I mean not particularly American comics that's the funny thing I'm much more fixated on British comedy what's today. the guy's name uh, who's who'd be very sort of scatterbrained sort of uh, uh, curly hair curly brown hair um, oh 
<laughs> you know, the guy, uh, he's, he was like, ooh, uh, ooh, um, like just, he had, and he's like, oh, that guy. Oh, he, he, what, Frankie Howard? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I love Frankie Howard. Frankie Howard, yeah. yeah. No. He was no. Like, yeah. Oh, go, bitches. <laughs> I loved him. He was yeah, brilliant. Great. I mean, I grew up listening to them, listening to them on the radio and stuff like that. I mean, mm. Les Dawson is still really funny. I just love his use of language. This is my all-time favourite joke. And it's at the end of a very long story. And he goes, um, so and the, she's, it's a princess trapped in a castle and the castle is burning and she's going to be consumed by the flames. And she knew there were no way out. And as the flames lit the walls of the castle, threatening to engulf her in certain death, she lay down on a waterbed and was slowly poached to death. <laughs> <laughs> it's poached. Great. It's just. Great. I mean, they're yeah. just poached. It's just yeah. the word. It's, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, poached to death. I can still. Yeah. I, I probably heard that joke when I was about six or seven, and I just remembered it. It's like the other one, the Woody Allen one, which is one of my favourites. I was expelled from my metaphysics exam for looking into the soul of the boy next to me. I, that's one of my favourite jokes. I love that. Sorry, I backtrack it. So people like Woody Allen and oh. Steve Martin. And I, I really like Bill Hicks as well. Although I didn't like some of his self-importance. That's the only thing. I, mm. I thought his stuff was brilliant, but I didn't like that thing of... The preachiness took, sort of... Bugs. Yeah, he took himself a bit too seriously. Yeah. I, I can't stand that. There's plenty of that on the... Uh, on the circuit. On the circuit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Right, here's a list. <laughs> no. um, I just think at the end of the day... Is a phone book? No, that's a list. Yeah. <laughs> My little black book. You know, I just think you can't take yourself too seriously. No, that's, that, that, that's, I guess, one of the keys as well to not being angry, isn't it? Just go look. It's just, it's just, it's just jokes. Just calm it. Just enjoy jokes. yourself. Enjoy it. Make sure you're, you're uh, you know, it'd be nice if we could change the world through laughter, but you know, just one guy in it as uh, just one guy. As Owen what can I do? I'm <laughs> <laughs> only one guy. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of. I mean, I, we wouldn't do this without ego. I mean, we've got to be honest. We're one part thinking, you know, we're the shittest thing that's ever been. And the, the flip side is we're God almighty, you know, mm -hmm. so we can do anything. And we, we flip between the two. I just think a little bit of self-awareness goes a long way. Of course. It seems to come online as the years progress, doesn't it? More and more, well, hopefully for some. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's some, some people, it's part of their the very reason that, that makes them get on stage and that mm. makes them funny you know a lack of self-awareness completely yeah but it makes them more bearable than the dress room so. yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> let me talk tell me about me for the next 50 minutes <laughs> really oh god that's going to be a great conversation I've, I'll get my notebook out write <laughs> down some pearls of wisdom um, <laughs> so the people that made me I mean Lexi said was the one really mm. that um, kind of made me want to do it there were other people involved in that whole I mean I have to say Arnold Brown as well is one of my favourite comedians oh. do you know Arnold Brown the Scottish uh, I, I, I've heard of his name so for my mind still one of the best writers oh. in this genre I can't try and do injustice but this is one of his best jokes he goes he's, he's Scottish from a Jewish background he goes people ask me for the Jewish contribution uh, to history I say no thanks we've given already <laughs> I mean that's just fucking Great. superb I was on the bill with him quite recently and I said do that joke again he says oh well, I'm bored you know uh, yeah. he's bored of it because he's been doing it for I mean he he's uh, much older than me and he didn't start he started roughly the same time as us but he's already in his 40s he was a, he was a chartered accountant who used to go down to the comedy store in the very early days and was mesmerised by it and just thought I'm going to have a go you know 
He, he was great. Oh, Brown. Really good. Oh, John John Hegley as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who you mm-hmm. know. I yeah. He's yeah. fantastic. I've asked this question before, but like, and it gets a, a usually strange response. So what do you do when you're not doing comedy? I uh, do a lot of music. Obviously, I do the band. Yeah. Um, I write songs. I read a lot. History or generally? No, uh, I, I read a lot of factual books, but mm. I also like fiction as well. I mean, I'm, I'm an English grad, so I've just finished reading Ulysses for the second time. Wow, very late. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the first time I read it, it's really funny because it was about 30, it was roughly the same time I started Skin Video, mm. and I put it down after about 50 pages. thought, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But I got all the way through it this time, and I, I really enjoyed it, and I'm going to start reading Finnegan's Way. Oh, nice. Yeah. I know. I've never read that. Well, I've read the first two pages. And went. Aah! Yeah. So I read. Lo- I read loads. I mean, I, I had because I travel by train. I do yeah. get to read a lot. I've read quite recently um, a great book by um, a writer called Hallie Rubenhold, which is called The Five, which is the history of the five women that were murdered by Jack the Ripper, and it's got nothing about him in it. It's all about them. It's brilliant. Really good. So I do a lot of reading. I walk the dog. Do a lot of swimming. I try and swim nearly every day. Just been swimming just before we came out. I love swimming. Yeah. Just I find it not only is it you know good exercise, but it's intensely relaxing. As Absolutely well. meditative, isn't it? Except if someone cuts you up, of course. Yeah, that's a bit. There right. was a guy today who did that thing, a macho wanker. He just went, "I'm not going to slip into the pool. I'm going to jump into the pool and make the biggest splash." And I caught the eye, eye of one of the uh, the attendants, and I just went. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of wanker. Yeah, you know, and everyone's like this. Yeah, oh. goes, hello everyone. I've arrived. Yeah. Look at me. There's a there's a guy that who goes. I've actually went to a show about this. Who goes in there and he's got these like mirrored. Who wears mirrored fucking swimming glasses? Mm. Yeah. And he he just he never stops for anybody. And if you say excuse me, he just he turns and he looks at you like that and he doesn't say anything. Like a Terminator sort of thing. You think yeah, yeah. Terminator and budget smugglers. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, those are the sorts of things I do. I mean, my my main hobby is uh, I love reading, and yeah. I obviously listen to a lot of music as well. Mm. I mean, I still like to listen to new stuff, and mm. yeah, that's the sort of thing. And lots of doggy walking as well. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Harold uh, <laughs> he now is just coming up to thirteen, so oh, wow, he's doing well, eh? Not very long left. Oh, he's getting very unsteady on his feet. Yeah, wake up. He's having, he's having one of those shock. He's fucking thirteen, isn't he? Look at the, look at the, he's having one of them doggy dreams, isn't he? Look, got a bit twitchy now. Yeah, he's chasing rabbits. He's, he's got no, he's like a cat coated in sort of like dog, dog food. He's had its tail <laughs> nailed to the ground. Coffee. <laughs> 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 Licking it to death slowly. He, he's, he still goes mad when he sees cats. Oh, he yeah. doesn't like cats at all. Like you do a lot of adverts and stuff. Did you do anything that's kind of like horrendous? You're like, oh my god, I don't know. what it. Uh, yeah, back in the day, this was in 1984. Four eighty-five. Me and my partner did an advert for chocolate bar, not Breakaway. Oh Is my god! Five four three two one. You remember the five four three two one? No, remember that? No, it wasn't. No, I don't remember it. I mean, our one was terrible. Um, this is really weird yeah. because in those sort of circles, in lefty circles, we got a lot of shit for it. <laughs> a lot of people said took the piss, and we got paid a lot of money, and we were in a management deal. We wanted to sign to off the curve oh. to break the management deal and to pay him all the money. It's like karma. And uh, so we ended up with like a couple of hundred quid each and it should have been a lot more. Many moons ago, someone found that on YouTube and posted it to me. If I haven't got it anymore. What's the chocolate yeah. about? Breakaway? Breakaway, break yeah, break yeah, break No, not Breakaway. Ah. It was a funny advert, but 
I cringe thinking about yeah. it now. Uh, we didn't script it. The only reason that we got it was because a friend of mine from uh, school in Liverpool was then working as an advertising executive at this company, and they said, and he said, do you want to do it? And yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, now I've gone all contemplative thinking of all the money we had to pay to the other management companies like watching it all go out your account going bye it was all for nothing for what can't be what's your history I've only ever had um, I was at school went to college I had a series of like bum jobs like you know I worked in a shop I worked in a factory I worked um, <laughs> I was a gorilla gram oh, yeah. yeah I was a gorilla gram I only did one <laughs> Fucking <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> yeah. Dressed in a gorilla costume. I mean, anything to make me ends with. Yeah, I was a door to door suit salesman uh, until a, a dog was set on me and bit oh, me right. on the arse. I used to work at Peak Freen's Biscuit Factory in the Christmas pudding department. And I will never eat a Christmas pudding. Yeah, I worked at Key Factory. Uh, I mean, I, I saw what people did. So. Oh, really? Yeah, people. T- Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, and also it regularly used to go too fast, and then it just dropped on the floor, and like full of ciggies, and you just go put it on. I know I can't. I mean, I never really like Christmas pudding at all, but mm. I just don't touch it now. Mm, that's fair. Way. I mean, I haven't really had a proper job. The longest one I, I worked in a hardware store for about a year and a half, two years, mm. selling. God, this is terrible. We sold proper stuff like tools, mm-hmm. but we also sold crying boy pictures. Remember those crying boy pictures no. that everyone said was cursed? Sick, sort of like kitschy sorts of items, like you know, like the dogs pictures. playing snooker. Oh yeah, you know all yeah. those the tennis players scratching her ass. Like you know. pound shot kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like horse, remember the horse play stories you sound before. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. All that sort of. Yeah. I mean, we also used to sell samurai swords to oh. the local thugs. Uh, and they used to come in by and said, um, I'll have um, six ceremonial samurai swords. Wow. What are you going to use them for? Ceremony. Off you go. So we got raided by the cops and oh. uh, yeah. all the samurai swords were confiscated. <laughs> and also, I mean, this is the guy who ran it. His name was Mick. He was horrible. Mm. He uh, was selling glue yeah. to kids as well. And got right. done for that. The one thing that did make me laugh, because he was an arsehole, but they was excavating the down below the desk. There was a, a basement there, and he took a big hole and put some. He left the hole open, and someone went round the back of the counter and fell through oh, the no. hole. So he got his ass got sued, and he lost oh. loads of money. Yes. Good. It's yes. not there anymore. It's not. It's gone. But that was horrible. I hated that job. And at that time, I was acting, doing skin video, and that job at the same time. And I was just it was terrible because something I had to give because I was like falling asleep at work yeah. falling asleep at gigs yeah. you know I mean I think that's one of the biggest wrenches and it's hard for, for acts nowadays because you have to have another job yeah. the pickings are so slim on the comedy circuit itself it's hard to make a full time living and I do feel for people because a lot of the younger acts are you know said, oh, I've got to be in work tomorrow I know. Yeah. to sell chuck houses on stage <laughs> yeah, two chocolates, please. I do hope he's using that. Yeah, me too. Me he too. should do. Definitely, it's great line. It's great line. Yeah. You're writing the Monopoly play yeah. for Edinburgh 2020. Yep. And you're you're also writing stuff for TV at the, at the moment too. Yeah, I mean, I can't reset. We we've got one thing that we're working on. It's a brand new thing. So it's in the it involves um, child murder. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> you writing your uh, statue show for next year? Yeah, it? I want to take that up to Edinburgh as well. Right. And then, uh, you know, making the album with the band. 
What's the album? Do you know the album name? The yeah, album? the album's going to be called Songs in the Key of Heartbreak. Songs in the Key of Heartbreak, and you're yeah. called again? The True Believers. The True Believers, great. It'll be out, out on Deep River Records, which is a local record company. Yeah. In September, I hope, if we can fucking finish. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's yeah. like, I know that bloody thing, like, uh, it's like herding cats. Having a band with six people is, man, I would, I, I, hats off to anybody that's a manager or an agent. I don't know how they do it. Mm-hmm. Because we're flaky, aren't we? Totally, absolutely. We can't come. Yeah. My hamster's got, you know, pleurisy. <laughs> Why didn't you let us know? Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. Where can we find you? Everywhere. I'm everywhere. everywhere. I'm like the Steve internet. Driven. Steve yeah. Driven on the internet. Oh, on the internet. Well, I haven't got my own website. I'm an old school man. Uh, I've got my own Facebook page. Um, at MrSteveGribbin.com on Twitter. Um, on Facebook as Steve Gribbin. And uh, there's something else. In and uh, Mr. Steve Gribbin on Instagram. That's it, isn't it? Is that everything? That's it, isn't it? That's all it is. Uh, all that matters now, though. That's all that matters. That's all and matters. also, my friend... No. Uh, <laughs> you can, you can see. <laughs> my friend, I'm doing Edinburgh this weekend, which oh, yeah. is great, at Monkey Barrel. Lovely gig. Mm. One more thing. This is actually true. You know those big department stores in, uh, in Ireland that they have? Eason's? Stationary place, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there's one in O'Connell Street, which is uh, in Dublin, and this mm. is a true story. And Sorry, it sounds a bit name-droppy, but I was with... Oh, you know... Sarah Millican. Right, right. Yeah, and she was with me. I, I said to the guy behind the counter, I said, excuse me, um, where's the internet? And he just went, it's everywhere. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. No, yeah. everyone that was listening really pissed themselves. Yeah. I thought, I bloody asked oh, for yeah. that. I asked for that. Totally. I said, that is, that is good. Great. That is great. good, you bastard. Right, uh, Steve, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you. It's a real pleasure, man. Thank thanks you. for having us. And that was episode 70 with a very funny musical comedian, Comedian's Comedian, I think it was 2018, voted by his peers. He's absolutely excellent. Been on the circuit for over 30 years. I enjoyed spending over an hour chatting to Steve about comedy. Talking about anger in that episode was particularly helpful. Some gigs, you know, you go to, and some people in the audience, you just, they, they, they don't, you see in their faces, they don't like you. And, you know, just try not to mirror them. Just don't mirror them. Just let it go. You know, it doesn't really matter, does it? You can't win everyone over. That's the problem. You know, you just might look like someone they hate. Really helpful talking to Steve about anger. Because I think most people suffer with some form of it in one way or another. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed that one, guys. That was episode 70, I say, with Steve Gribben. He's on all the places, Instagram, he's on Facebook. And go and see him live. He's an absolutely excellent comedian. I'm not going to say much more, only I'm going to be plugging the show Squeaky for the 28th of February, which is in the Museum of Comedy at 7pm. Tickets are £7.50 plus booking fee. Now, you're going to be hearing this podcast on the 26th of February. That is two days before the show. So that is why I'm recording these links in January. So you have time now to get your tickets from the Museum of Comedy. Go to Facebook. Go to the Squeaky Winter page. It's at Squeaky Winter. That is on Facebook. At Squeaky Winter. Go to the booking link. The address of the venue is there. The ticket booking link is there as well. Book a couple of tickets. Get one for your friend. Get one for your sister. Get one for your mother. It's going to be a clean show. Just going to be a bit of fun. It's a small room. It's intimate. It'll be really fun. It's a lovely venue. That's the 28th of February, and that is 7 p.m. in the Museum of Comedy. Go to Facebook, type in at Squeaky Winter, and the ticket booking link is there.
It's not even the price of a pint in London. Come on, go do it. Uh, so you can follow this podcast. We're on Instagram at Winter Dominus. You can also find us on Facebook, which is the Comedy Defect Podcast. And you can like the page of the same name. If you guys want to support the podcast, you can type in the Comedy Defect Podcast. You can donate as little as a pound or as much as you feel this podcast is worth. And those of you that do donate, thank you. Those of you that don't, that's fine. Just go to YouTube, iTunes or Podbean and give us a nice review because it tells people where we are and what we're up to. That's all I'm going to say for this episode. Episode 70 with Steve Gribben. I hope you enjoyed it. Next episode is with a guy that's recently been on Britain's Got Talent and he did really well and I managed to get him on the show. That's El Baldinio. That's El Baldinio for episode 71 on the Comedy Defect podcast.